a year underwater? I know, right? <laughs> wow. That that's insane. Well, there you go. Um, after a year of being at the bottom of Lake Menadota out in Wisconsin, a one Ellie Eisenberg was given the news by local authorities who determined who the owner was that her iPhone was found and what more is that it was still operable. Hmm. That's crazy. Did they ever, uh, what was the iPhone actually? What, uh, version? Um, actually they didn't mention what the model was in the iPhone, which kind of bummed me out because I was kind of curious myself, but okay. I mean, I don't really think it necessarily mattered because most of that IP rating was similar from like, I think the eight on up. So, okay. That makes sense. That's yeah. crazy. I know. I was pretty surprised myself and it's just, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's other scenarios like this that we've seen in the past where phones have, you know, survived crazy unimaginable events but uh yeah it's, it's interesting that we've kind of reached that point where our phones have reached that level where they're almost kind of indestructible in certain respects yeah well it, usually with those ip ratings they're like what six meters or nine meters under water for like 30 minutes so i guess this is the the limit <laughs> yeah yeah as far as i we're think aware. our phone is definitely trying to take that ip rating to the extreme so i'm not even sure if apple <laughs> had that in mind we're aware of that yeah i, I know mean, right just, just the pressure on that with all the ceiling and uh you know around around the chassis and being underwater for a year that's that's insane i just i just can't it's get incredible that. but it is yeah uh but anyway in either case yes welcome back my name is jd and my co-host here riley and this is stern's tech talk and uh what else do we have going on for this week riley yeah, uh, we'll start off with one of my favorite games of all time, No Man's Sky. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I actually have. Yeah, that's a, actually a pretty famous title, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It's a, a open world uh, type of uh, adventure uh, game. It's super fun, and those are one of my favorites where you have to like craft and survive and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've never played it, though. That's unfortunate. Um, it could very well be integrated <laughs> in the mixed reality headset. Okay. Just the other day, Sean Murray, the head developer of Hello Games, which developed NMS, put out a very subtle tweet with a single emoji, an apple. Hmm. This has sparked conversation on the internet, and people are now anticipating the renowned game on the headset. And uh, I've actually, as far as I'm aware, they have uh, NMS on the PlayStation VR headset and I think even the Rift. Obviously, I've never owned one, so I haven't been able to utilize this. But it'd be really cool to see this uh, one of the first games to be debuted on the headset to be No Man's Sky. I think that'd be pretty awesome. So, Yeah, I mean, based on what you're describing, it sounds like it'd, it'd be a great way to, you know, introduce gaming um, with Apple oh, yeah. on, on a different level that's, you know, not just on your phone or for some on the MacBooks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that sounds pretty impressive. Um, open world, a lot of creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that'll leave much to be desired as far as what people are wanting to experience with, um, VR. True. Although I'm, I'm sure they've probably already had some taste of it, you know, on other, um, headsets, as you mentioned. But mm -hmm. uh, with Apple, who knows how they're going to implement this and what kind of features they'll have on there. So, Yeah, for sure. And actually, speaking of the headset, along with this, uh, obviously, WWDC is coming in in about six days. And we're already yep. getting some leaks about the display for the headset. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So <laughs> sources have indicated that it will use micro OLED screen technology. Okay. It will house a 1.41 inch display diagonally. All right. It will have 4,000 pixels per inch, which That's you would, pretty dense. You wouldn't expect as uh, anything less, really. Right. <laughs> and its peak brightness is suggested to be about 5,000 nits. That's really bright. I haven't looked at specs on other ones, but that seems like a lot of light going in your eyes. It That's does. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look and see like on the uh, Quest 2 just to, to compare. But yeah, that is pretty bright. Yeah. And um, as a reminder, the headset is thought to have a $3,000 price tag slapped on it. And we had kind of gone about to figure out what the price might actually be. Obviously, we're, we were way under <laughs> for sure. But uh, yeah, it was we're still hoping like. It, oh, I'm still hoping. Yes, strongly. I don't know about you, but I'm like 
I'm still like, okay, please be like fifteen hundred dollars or even eighteen. I'll, I'll go with eighteen. That way we can split the costs. <laughs> we I can't I can't uh, split right, fifteen hundred. Yeah, we split the cost that there. <laughs> yeah, um, but clearly we'll have to wait until next week to see the final product. So make sure yep, you stay absolutely. tuned for that. Uh, I highly encourage everyone to watch WWDC just to be see first at hand what they're going to release. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, although I was actually kind of more interested in I.O. this year for Google, but um, I'm sure Apple will have some some tricks up their sleeve for for the viewers. So Yeah, for sure. But uh, sticking with Apple, their $50 million lawsuit regarding their infamous butterfly keyboard, which was first introduced on the MacBook lineup back in 2015, finally reaches approval with payouts soon to come. Hmm. So Okay. Yeah, I mean it's 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 been a while in the uh, in the making, so to speak. But uh, yeah, the payouts will vary from fifty dollars all the way up to three hundred ninety-five for the Man. eighty-six thousand plus owners who submitted their claim on the matter. Yeah, it's it's just <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people were ticked off by that. Oh yeah, for for Apple, that's a mere bag of shells. For them, yes. I'm sure. Trillion but dollars is even not gonna... still that that also for consumers, I'm sure that gives a little bit of trust issues. I mean, not we obviously know no technology is really perfect, but um, you know, consumers might have trust issues in the future with the the Mac and uh, yeah, I know it kind of makes you think like, hey, um, for some of those people that actually tried that out and then had all those issues, they probably turned off Mac, you know, from there on forward, and they may never go back and actually give them a shot even on their new Apple silicons. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy what little things like that can do to, like you were saying, the, the the loyalty that people have for, for brands and, um, you know, coming back to them later on. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, going right along with Apple, they are banning the use of chat GPT and any other AI chat bots. The reason for this is actually quite obvious AIs like GitHub yeah. <laughs> or Copilot use the information given to them and send it to the software code writer. If an employee were to use this, way more info would be leaked, and this would cause JD and I to work overtime, so it's bad news bears all around. Uh, <laughs> Apple, on its true. part, is working hard to create its own AI, and most likely employees would be able to <laughs> utilize that, but yeah, right. <laughs> for the time being, no one will be able to use AI uh, as an Apple employee. Uh, it's just not safe at all. So, Yeah, we're waiting for the day when Apple actually has a real contender as far as AI goes, because as of now they've been behind in so many aspects so. they have i think google's the one that really is uh you know keeping that at the top of the competition so i mean yeah even i, I it's true that um you know bixby and cortana and um alexa you know aren't like the most amazing but even yeah. they are far better in in, in many cases uh, than siri so yeah for but sure. yeah that that's definitely interesting so that's just that's just the employees though it, it's actually still on the uh, app store right yeah it's still on the app store and fun little okay. tidbit here uh the source where i got this information from phone arena at the end of their article uh they basically put the link at the bottom and they say if you're an apple employee don't you dare touch this link <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> I know. It's just like, you know, t- you know, dangling right in front of you, like, you can't have this. But uh, yeah, that, that was pretty funny. So, wow. With AI uh, in the future for Apple, I hope they really bring it out and uh, do a lot with it. Yep. And contrasting with Apple here, the Pixel Fold and its 512 gigabyte Obsidian variant has been sold out already. Wow. Yeah, for those who did not get their pre-order in time, you will have to be put on a wait list until Pixel has more in stock. I guess the porcelain was really overshadowed on the Obsidian this round. I mean, <laughs> black over white. It's crazy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that's that one actually comes in at a 256, right? It if does. I, I, yeah, wow. those are the two so options it, for storage, yeah. So everyone just wanted the 512. I mean, I guess that just proves that Tim Cook was right. Everyone wants to go for the higher tier. <laughs> Everyone wants the best. Yep. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, the, to each their own. Doesn't doesn't really <laughs> surprise me necessarily. Yeah, to each their own. I mean, more storage. I can see that that being a, oh yeah being a thing because not everyone will subscribe for cloud storage. So no. But um, yeah, actually sticking right along with Google, um, another quick item is an app called Reading Mode. So it's developed by Google, 
and as it implies, it reads aloud virtually any article of interest and almost makes it feel like a kind of a podcast out of an article. Hmm. Okay. It's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I briefly tried it out and it works fairly well for being in early development, although... You know, there are some areas where improvements are needed. Sure. But, uh, you know, the voice speech is good. Granted, there are some options that sound more robotic than others. But the UI looks pretty clean and essentially clears out all the distractions of the web page and puts the text into a reading frame. Okay. Um, And it just, you know, kind of allows you to focus on basically why you're on the website to begin with. So I really liked it. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that you would actually welcome. but yeah. I actually wouldn't mind that mainly because I do sometimes get sidetracked when I'm uh, researching articles for topics or just browsing internet and I, you know, I get distracted over here or something happens. Uh, but if you're listening ads. to it, yeah, ads and actually, yeah, I just thought of like, uh, what if they made it so that way, like if you had like a free trial of this thing, you had to actually listen to the ads as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we're going to cut that out of the episode because I don't want them to hear that one. But uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good idea. Um, no, um, seriously though, yeah, no, I can, I can, I can definitely see how that would. Everyone's on the subscription thing where no ads, which actually that'll come up later on in the show. Yeah, but uh, I totally welcome this. That that is pretty nifty right there. So yeah, I actually even tried it just to clarify. I, I even tried it on some of the articles that I was researching for this episode, and I was a little nervous because I was like, "Is it going to actually work outside of Chrome?" But uh, yeah, you can click on a link in like um, Messenger. And hmm. it'll it'll you just enter the accessibility shortcut and it'll bring up the frame and everything and you're good to go. So a lot of customization you can change speed, voices like I said, um, text size, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm sure it'll probably get better with time as well. Wow, that's really incredible. Yep. Well, we have some leaks regarding the OnePlus 12 from a well-known leakster, Yogesh Brar. Already. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like that just came out like quite a few months ago and now we're already getting some. Uh, yep. The 12 will have the 12 is said to have a 6.7 inch QHD OLED display with 120 okay. hertz refresh rate. So the usual kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And this device has the potential for the Snapdragon 8 Gen 3. So here's to hoping that that actually comes to fruition. Yeah. The camera setup m- may be the following. OK. A 50 megapixel primary a 50 megapixel ultra wide and a 64 megapixel periscope lens, hmm. which could offer useful photography options and high quality image capture. And now just as a side note here, I do believe uh, if I'm correct in saying this, that OnePlus originally intended the periscope lens to be on the 11, but I guess their technology just wasn't really where it needed to be. So hopefully uh, they've improved on that and will release it for the 12 this time around. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely welcome a periscope zoom lens on the 12. Uh, did they actually mention like how far it zooms in or is that not in the leaks yet? Uh, no, not not that I'm aware of. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, I figured it would probably be a little bit too early in the production and, and the leaks to know for sure. But uh, yeah, that is good to hear. Um, kind of staying in line with, you know, some of the competition. Obviously, Samsung has it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, future iPhones are... are rumored to have those as well so mm-hmm. and brar also seems to indicate further that the battery will be 5000 milliamp hours which it's nothing we really haven't seen before and yeah, it will have the charging rate of up to 100 watts uh one last thing to mention here <laughs> is that it's likely to release in december obviously we will keep you guys updated on any nuance thing that comes with this 12 i have a lot of high hopes for oneplus they have yeah not exceeded my expectations, but at least brought me back to like, okay, I have a little more trust in you guys now because kind of going back to your roots is, is a pretty good thing. So Yeah, I mean, and not, not that they're really ever going to change color OS. That's pretty much what it is nowadays. But, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, I do I do still enjoy it. Um, it's worked out to be a really nice phone that I've, that I've been testing out as far as the 11. And I will say one thing that, yeah, that uh, high wattage charging is definitely one of the biggest advantages and features that I love about it because I can just go to bed, forget that I charge my phone and it's like 10% and I wake up and I'm like, oh, okay, like 20, 30 minutes later, I'm good to go for the day at 100%. So yeah, I've seen what your phone can do. <laughs> yes, yes, really that impressive and crazy. probably something that's been making Apple users jealous for a long time. So <laughs> I ain't not wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for those of you who missed the Sony showcase a few days ago, uh, they announced their new quote unquote console 
termed the Project Q. Okay. Uh, this device takes on like a dual sense controller that's split up between basically the looks of a Nintendo Switch and allows you to play wirelessly, you know, with your PS5 console. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of cool, but it, it has its drawbacks. So as of now, there is no cloud-based gaming oh. and you have to be on the same Wi-Fi network as your PS5 for oh. things to work properly. Yeah. So yeah, which in turn basically makes past portable products from Sony like the PSP or the Vita and even Nintendo's popular Switch for more desirable consoles depending on your taste in games. So um, yeah, not really something I would consider to be amazingly impressive. And I just kind of feel like a major attempt and additional features were missed. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it was forced quite a bit. And I actually kind of liken it to when Oppo released their find in to flip where they had that exterior display. It was really big, but there was like six widgets, a clock and some notifications. And that was all that was there. If you're going to bring it something like that great, you have to go all in, especially like like you said, when there this technology has been out for a while now, I don't really see where you can make an excuse like, well, it's our first time. Not really. Um, you know, obviously you couldn't use other devices exactly, but I'm sure there's ways that you could have done it to make it your own. Right. So, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, countless PS loyalists are, you know, just mocking and virtually shredding Sony on what seems to be more of like an accessory rather than a true console in and of itself. So I don't blame them. It's just a major <laughs> mark was missed on this. And I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll we'll definitely wait and see how things unfold. And, you know, maybe there'll be another iteration and things will improve, you know, next year or a few years from now. Who knows how long it'll take for Sony to actually realize this is not exactly what people are wanting yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping you're hoping we're hoping ladies and gentlemen we're hoping um i'm hoping that this is just the start and that they're you know actually going to make a full-on uh mobile console in the future but yeah because i mean i i totally get the fact that you know there's some games that just can't be played on like a portable device especially from sony oh yeah but at the same time i mean Come on, people, give us a little something. <laughs> I know. Just <laughs> but, they're giving uh, us the bare bones on this. Yeah. Yep. It's just ridiculous. Uh, well, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office published a patent application from Apple for the Apple Pencil being part of the Find My service. Ooh. Yeah, this patent would allow for Apple to use a location tool called Resonant Frequency. Okay. Essentially, if you were to use the Find My app to locate your pencil, it would then output a frequency to your pencil to make it vibrate. This is honestly for the better, mm. as Pencil has been the only device still to not utilize the Find My app. True. And for many artists out there like my wife and even people like you who, you know, you just got a pencil and a new iPad used extensively, right. it would seem pretty beneficial to have it just because if you were to lose it, you know, close by and, you know, not sure where you stuck it, uh, it can be helpful uh, for those reasons. And obviously, since it is only vibration, if you're out in like a very loud area or, you know, uh, in a coffee shop or something, and for some reason you drop it around you, it's going to be very hard to hear it. But at least Apple's pointing themselves in the right direction to make people feel more comfortable with where their pencil is. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. So I guess there's no implementation of like the directional arrow, like on an air tag yet, or it's just vibration. As far as I'm aware, not at the moment. Um, the, okay. the rumors don't seem to indicate that, but maybe, maybe it'll do it in the future. We'll have to see though. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of unfortunate. I was kind I mean, of hoping for something a little more than vibration. Well, but I mean, like you said, at least there's something. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, actually, yeah, that would make sense. Because if you are signaling a frequency to an object, I feel like the object could signal back to you a direction and a distance. I mean, I could understand that, you know, if it was at a certain level on the battery, then it would have its limitations. But yeah. I mean, just let me know because, you know, this is this is a device that doesn't even have speakers like like the AirPod cases. Yeah, that's true. So there's really not much more to it. So to just give us a little bit more than just vibrations, I feel like that would really help, especially like you said, in a loud environment or if it's like in a couch or something. Um, yeah. But uh, like you said, hopefully they'll have uh, more improvements yeah. on future iterations. So hopefully. 
Um, we have another leak for you actually this week, and it has to do with the Galaxy. I know we really are, and it actually has to do with the Galaxy Six Classic. Okay, it's possible that consumers could be seeing the return of the rotating bezel. In a leak posted by both OnLeaks and MySmartPrice, they show leaked renders of the Classic, and it is fairly clear from these images that while slightly thinner compared to prior generations, the Classic 6 may indeed bring back the rotating bezel. Now, I've never had a Samsung watch, but uh, JD, perhaps you could shed a bit of light on this. Was this feature a good thing, and do you think, generally speaking, people would still like it or would still want it back? I know that I definitely want it and I loved it. Um, When they took it away, it was just, it wasn't implemented well on using the touch bezel. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, uh, I kind of compare it to like a MacBook with a touch bar. It just wasn't what I was expecting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted something more physical. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like even in today's technology and stuff, you could make a thin, physical rotating bezel and not have to worry about, you know, craziness. So, um, yeah, you know, they added their vibrations on the touch bezel, but it just never really felt the same. So to add this or at least have, you know, hope that they could bring this back on, on these renders with the uh, six classic, I would definitely welcome this. The only Hmm. question I kind of have as far as the classic is it just has that label. So I'm kind of hoping they don't skimp on other features or like take away, you know, something that has uh, pro capabilities. So, well, now that you mentioned it and I didn't mention this here, but I'll, I'll quote from nine to five Google. Okay. The only other tweak to the design here seems to be inspired by the Galaxy Watch 5 Pro with the Watch 6 Classic having a flat edge around the side that's more distinct compared to past models Hmm. with a rotating bezel. Okay. That signals that Samsung might end up doing away with Pro model. But it's hard to say for certain. After all, we thought the rotating bezel was gone for good before this. So um, I read that, and I wasn't sure exactly what that might indicate. But after you said them possibly might doing away with Pro... I felt like I needed to read that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, that's just to to bring back something that was vintage and I, what I feel like a lot of Samsung enthusiasts appreciated. Um, I feel like they shouldn't be docked for wanting something like that and taking away a lot of good features that mm-hmm. other premium products offer. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. And uh, moving on to streaming, last week we actually mentioned that HBO now goes max, but we <laughs> did want to clarify some of the specifications on the viewing limitation adjustments that come with those changes. Okay. So for the old ad light and ad free plans, the pricing hasn't changed, coming in at $10 and $16 a month respectively. However, you were able to have three active screens at once. Okay. But with the new ad light and ad free plans, you are now limited to only two screens active at once. Hmm. Not to mention that the ad free tier offered some limited 4K content, which is no longer available for that purchase. Wow, really? Um, Yeah, so that 4K access has now been ported over to the new Max Ultimate plan coming in at $20 a month. Of course. So, yes, (laughs) it's just the way it works. This basically doubles the active screens to four times at once and also boosts the ad-free offline downloads of only 30 all the way up to 100 episodes or movies that you can have access to in case internet goes out or if you're, like, in a standalone situation. But, uh, yeah, and I mean, that's Hmm. really right in line with what Netflix has with $20 a month. But it's just, you know, it's just a way for them to make profit and kind of keep up with everyone else. Yeah, definitely trying to squeeze out as much money as they possibly can, which, you know, I don't really blame them, Uh, especially now with things, you know, increasing in price and all that. Uh, It makes sense, but it's still kind of annoying when, you know, you had something with a lower price and now it's at the next tier up. It it can be annoying. So I kind of understand on both sides of the aisle there. So, yeah, yeah, it, it is what it is. But it's kind of unfortunate that some of those things were just kind of taken away because it's one thing to it's it's one thing to like um, have a whole new product and create your own limitations. But for yeah. existing people who are already used to something and then kind of downgrade them, it's like, 
what the heck happened? Like, what was I paying for? I know. So. Really, though? We've had those kind of uh, complaints with Netflix a lot in the last uh, six months or so. But yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of almost hits on the same uh, turf as what kind of Marquez says, you know, uh, you should never charge for something that was originally free. Well, it, it has similar, you know, respects when you're saying if you are offering three active screens at once for the same price and now you're downing it to two, kind of just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So, yeah, 100 percent agree with that. Yep. On a more interesting note, the Pixel tablets will be getting another stand for the stand that it was to stand on. <laughs> Essentially, if you were to use the dock that we had already mentioned it being shipped with your Pixel tablet, you will find that it will always have a fixed angle. This can be very Ooh. problematic if you have a near a dangerous workspace. Yeah. So Wasserstein, I'd actually never heard of them. They produced a new Pixel tablet stand, which can set the tablet at up to a 40 degree angle. And this stand will be shipped just a few weeks after the aforementioned tablet is. It's also to be discounted during the pre-sale. So instead of it being 40, you can get it for $25. And honestly, JD... This begs the question, and I'll, I'll let you respond with this. Why did Pixel not add this to the design of the dock? That is a really good question. It's something I never actually asked myself because I kind of was just more intrigued by the fact that there was something that you could dock it to and it had a built-in speaker. Yeah, that's what I was focused but on. But I guarantee you the minute that you and I would buy that tablet, we would actually be thinking, wait a second, this is at a fixed angle. And why couldn't we adjust it? Yeah. So this is actually really, I feel like this is really good news, but this is a third party device. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I think Wasserstein has made products for Pixel before, and they've even opted to make this type of stand for them in the past, but I don't think it's worked out too too well for their part. Okay. But uh, yeah, so th- this is this is what we're going with here. And there's actually some images that show what it looks like. And it, it's not half bad. It, it kind of goes well with the uh, the dock itself. It doesn't take away from it or anything like that. Um, Does it come with a speaker at least as well? The or is that not The noted? stand? Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, so it's just a stand. It's just a stand. That just – the stand – the dock goes on top of the stand – and that stand can be change its angle. Oh, yeah. okay. That's good to clarify because that actually sounded like it was a completely separate device. So it's actually just an adjustment for the original. Okay, cool. Yeah. Here, let me show you this real quick. Just so if you're curious. <sighs> that is nifty. It it's is. Semi-futuristic. Yeah. It really is, but it's still like why Apple or Apple? <laughs> yeah, Apple makes this. Apple That's normally our question is at why Apple? This time <laughs> why it's Apple? Why Google? why Google? Why would you? It's just there's a lot of questioning as to how they did this. You know, maybe it was a financial thing. Maybe they couldn't put it in or fit it into all that. But it's like you're a really good company. I feel like you could make this move i don't know but still it for does- noting how innovative they are yeah i'm like why didn't they think of this in the first place the part that rubs me the wrong way is that i'm going to have to spend an extra 25 dollars just to achieve what i should have already had with google and on top of that it's already yeah. discounted so that means it's re- it's actually going to be 40 dollars but keep in mind that that stand the the dock is shipped with the pad pad itself so that's I guess true. it all evens out. I feel out like you're giving end. too much grace there, Riley. Though <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. I'm just you know, know. being nice yep. a little bit to them. But yeah, it is it is pretty annoying when when you're really thinking of it. But does it yeah. come in any colors though, or is it just black? It looks like it's just black, as okay. far as I'm aware. Okay, I'm I'm surprised they didn't try to go with like the same hazel or porcelain or whatever that that Google you would has think. Theirs, but <laughs> I know, right? But I think maybe they're just trying to draw attention to their own product. Who knows? Just just sell it black. That's all yep. I need. But uh, actually, speaking of products, we do have some deals here for this week. Yep. Um, we'll start off with the LG 48-inch Ultra Gear UHD OLED gaming monitor. That is so a mouthful. It is a mouthful, but um, it is actually down $490 from 1500 Okay. So you can get that right now for $1,010 on Amazon. And then we also have a JBL Bar 5.1, which is currently down $300 from 700 So you can get that for just under $400. Hmm, okay. And uh, it is worth noting that this incorporates a sound bar with a 10-inch sub, wireless sub. So hmm. um, not to be confused with the sandwich. 
Uh, and then uh, we also have a Beat Studio 3s are now seeing a whopping $180 discount down from $350. So you wow, can get that for okay. only $170. Yes. That's good. Yep. That's, uh, that comes with the Apple W1 chip, um, 22 hours of listening time. And uh, I believe that one shows shadow gray, but I believe that does apply for other um, color variants as well. Hmm, uh, okay. That, that, that could be subject to change, though. So Cool. Uh, the next ones, we've got the Xperia Pro 1 is down 45%, taking the price down from $1,800 to 998 And this is a big steal for a phone with a really great camera. We've discussed the Xperia series a little bit on, yes, on the show and yep. how well Sony implements their cameras into the phone. And for yep. them to get almost a 50% discount, like, please... Take it, take it now. <laughs> um, Remind me how uh, do you do you happen to remember um, when that actually came out? How long that's been out? I believe that was December of twenty twenty one. Okay, does that even have the Ace Gen one in it, or is that prior? Uh, it's the eight eight eight. Oh, the eight eighty eight. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, fifty percent. I guess. Well, forty five to be specific. Kind of seems in line. I feel like maybe that's still a little bit of an overcharge, but hey. That's up to the consumer. And obviously, with every great phone comes a solid pair of earbuds. The Link Buds S have a 26% discount on them, bringing them oh. down from 199 to 148 Okay. Remember in a previous episode, we mentioned that the NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube TV would only allow two users at a time to watch through an account? Yeah, for an external networking, yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems we're getting a completely different story once again, but with a slight twist. So you will be able to watch unlimited streams that are in your own home network address. Outside of your home, two streams can be played. Google had confirmed this on Reddit. I believe it was like mid last week. So this is way better than the alternative, obviously, considering that you would not be able to watch multiple games at once, which is a lot, which is what a lot of fans enjoy doing. And even though there is a two stream limit, that excludes the ones that are inside your own house. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of people, including me, I have like multiple TVs in my house. So I'm like, yeah, we, you know, having, having, you, you people don't need over, to say, you, you don't can, need to say that out loud though. You don't need to make me feel bad about my one TV. Um, I'm just messing, <laughs> but this is good though, because like, I know you, me and my, our, our dad, you know, want to be able to watch the game together, but sometimes we can't make it to the same house or whatever. So exactly. this, this works out great for us. It's a total win. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. I'm actually excited to hear about that just because it sometimes when you get the first, you know, wave of news and you're like, oh, that's not as great as I was hoping it to be, especially considering the pricing and stuff like that. And we kind of discussed that. Uh, I believe it was uh, last week or two weeks ago with what we were expecting from Apple on how they were going to do it with Apple TV Plus. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, so definitely unlimited streams for your home network. That's awesome. It is. Uh, and actually, speaking of Apple, um, more Macs could actually be expected to release during WWDC. So per Mark Gurman, who noted that Apple is going to start accepting trade-ins on Mac Studio, 13-inch M2 MacBook Air, and the 13-inch M2 MacBook Pro hmm. come June 5th. Little ironic there. Okay. Uh, now it is a possible stretch with this assumption, um, given that Mark Gurman isn't always on par. I mean, sure. He's kind of just speculating himself, so I'm not going to totally put it on him. Yeah. Um, but it does add some likelihood to the indication that these various models could see refreshed internals that adopt newer Apple silicon processors. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Which we could even anticipate an updated design on the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Uh, if it happens to reach the showcase for this year's WWDC, if not likely to be introduced later in the fall. So, yeah, honestly, that that's good. Do they say what what the trade in will be value will be? No, I'm sure that'll probably come on June 5th. Uh, he just he just mentioned which ones would actually reach. Oh, OK. I got gotcha. you. Yep. Reach that's, refurbished. That's so good, though. It's good to have more in the ecosystem where you can trade and get value for. Although we've known in the past with Apple, sometimes their trade off value isn't exactly what you'd expect or want. But that's another which topic. Is, <laughs> yes. Which is crazy considering you 
get the trade-in value on your device, and then you go right around, go on their website, look at refurbished models for the exact same thing you gave them, and it's like an insane markup. So maybe like, I don't know, $100, $200 cheaper than the non-refurbished. and It's It's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. But uh, yeah, actually, on a quick note, though, the original iMac turned 25 years old a few weeks back. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, so this was no doubt one of the more notable, iconic products that Apple has ever released, which was actually made famous by its ease of -of out-of-the-box setup and usability, uh, mixed with the stylish, colorful, and translucent plastic backing. Yeah. Uh, But uh, now it marks a quarter of the century since Steve Jobs took the stage to announce this uh, popular all-in-one design, which we're still seeing future generations of that model today. Yeah, I actually, uh, just as a quick thing here, I actually remember when you got your first iMac. I think that was from uh, an employer of yours? Or? Actually, it was a, a, a friend um, of our parents that went to church. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was one yeah. of the older ones where the screen was like so dang thick. Um, yes. And I, I remember yeah. like, J- JD, can I have this, please? I, I want a computer. Please, please let me have it. Um, and and now it just sits in your room. Yeah, that was actually pre-unibody design. Yeah, so, but coming back with YouTube, it seems that they're getting rid of a feature that honestly many of us have most likely forgotten by now, and that is stories. The original intention of this was to post channel updates or whatever the creator wanted to post about. However, ever since Shorts arrived on the platform, essentially everyone has consumed and produced just that. Since then, YouTube Shorts have become a big competitor against TikTok and has completely overshadowed stories. Hmm. On June 26, this feature will be disabled and any stories posted before that date will still be on there, but only for seven days after the fact. Oh, wow. Now, it came to my attention as I was preparing for this topic that one of the reasons why YouTube had opened up the community tab, as we mentioned last week, was because they were going to be getting rid of the stories and needed to open the tab up to everyone so it wouldn't be unfair for the 500 subchannels or less that were able to use stories. Okay. Yeah, I I was thinking of that. I was like, that kind of actually makes sense. So, and it's a theory, obviously. I don't really have a whole lot of major evidence to suggest that that's the case. I mean, it seems hard that it wouldn't coincide with that, but yeah. I know, but uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Have you used stories or thought of stories in the last month or I so, man? I've never heard of stories. <laughs> I've never used it, obviously. Uh, I didn't even know it existed. So, yeah, yeah I mean... We're, we're, we're still in the early, you know, goings of our channel. So, um, yeah, we're, we're kind of getting into what YouTube offers and how things work there. Yeah. But yeah, shorts have really definitely been the major contributor to kind of quickly interacting with your audience. Mm-hmm. And, yes. um, obviously the community tab greatly increases that interaction just because you can, you know, send out quick questions, get some feedback, send announcements, um, announcements yeah. exactly so but yeah the fact that i don't know about it definitely doesn't surprise me that they're doing away with it and disabling it so <laughs> yes. yeah it's it's pretty crazy stories is uh it's still on instagram i believe and facebook and snapchat um but i guess youtube is just like no one wants to use it on there because it's like why have one more social media that has stories on it <laughs> yeah that's 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 true so definitely. yeah but actually sticking right along with google uh for those of you who didn't catch the google io last month they went across quite a few items that involved ai which we've talked about and how that's been integrated into their various services to better help with ease of use improve efficiency um among other conveniences one such feature was dubbed Magic Compose. This hmm. would allow you to ask AI to generate a text message, and it would do so based on the nature of your request. This feature should now be making its way to users who are enrolled in Google Messages beta, have a US-based carrier SIM, and, of course, you have to be 18 years older to use the service. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it is noted that the feature would be first available for those who are subscribed to Google One Premier plan. Okay. And then eventually it would trickle to additional beta users. Uh, I haven't come across this feature myself, even though I do meet all of those criteria. 
including the Google One Premier plan. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they actually... I'm not sure if you were actually impressed by that. I was because when they had mentioned that in the Google I.O., I was impressed. I, I I had been impressed with all their AI features, but that one specifically it, yeah. was pretty yep. cool. Although I feel like, and this is kind of like a side joke here, but I feel like that kind of gets away from like your own personal way of texting someone and you just being lazy and sending someone a message. I think but. one person <laughs> that comes to mind would be our mom. <laughs> <laughs> originality yes. he breathes and emanates yes. originality so well, you when do you too. add ai to it it's like yeah i mean yeah we, we we do we all do to a certain extent and i feel like the yeah. lack of that kind of takes away from takes away from the I personal mean, meaning of the text yeah i i can't think of how many times in the past just the past two weeks i have spent so much time writing out messages for texts facebook messenger even just, you know, personal things that I want to get out. And it's all been original. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. think there's only been like two times that I've actually texted chat GPT on my iPhone and said, proofread this. And they come back and they kind of like give you some more cool ideas and adjust your grammar and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. And obviously I have to get where my mom is coming from. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Google did promise that this would surface at some point this summer. So the fact that we are seeing this hit the public beta phase isn't all that surprising. But it does lend some excitement to seeing this feature in action at a public level, at least for some of you who are intrigued by this. Yeah, for sure. AI is always improving and expounding and everything like that. So. Another quick feature that will end soon is My Photo Stream. MPS is a free service that uploaded the last 30 days of images to your iCloud. The limit was a thousand photos and you'd be able to access them on every Apple device and even your PC. But with main use of iCloud photos, Apple is seeing the quick decline of MPS and really would have no further use for it. With that, Apple has stated that on July 26th of this year, MPS will be discontinued of its use, and photos will still be safe for 30 days after the fact. Apple recommends that if you do have photos on there, you should save them to your iPhone. Um, I would also recommend that if you have low storage on your phone, that you either get more iCloud storage or you upload your photos to your PC or Mac by connecting your phone via Lightning A connector. So, yeah, another end of an era here. Uh, I never used MPS. I didn't even really know what it was up until this point. So that thank kinda, you. Thank you. Yes, I was feeling a little you. bit alone there myself. I'm like, my photo stream, I don't even know what that is. Like, it's... yeah. <laughs> I know, right? In my mind, I'm like, iCloud Photos is kind of, it already beams all the stuff to my various devices. Why do I even need <laughs> And that is why <laughs> It almost Apple's sounds redundant, which maybe is why they're disabling it. But, yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, Well, there you go. I mean, if you guys do use that, then just fair warning. <laughs> yeah, be aware of it because your photos, if they're on that, uh, if they're on MPS, they will be gone after 30 days. So just as a fair warning to you, make sure you save them, back them up, do whatever you have to do so that we don't lose... Um, those photos. Yeah. I've got like over 10,000 files on my iCloud as far as videos and, and pictures. So I don't doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like maybe 3,000 at most, maybe. But yeah, I've got uh, 3,500 live photos, almost 3,000 screenshots, um, 1,500 videos. I mean, it, it's insane. So yeah. Plus more additional credit categories. But uh, in either case, Moving on to Netflix, uh, previously we had mentioned how they were putting into action a daring move of cracking down on password sharing for users' streaming accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we noted such detrimental backfire that took place over in Spain. Okay. Well, now this policy has made its way inside of our borders, and the password sharing policy is now in place for U.S. customers. Yay. Yay. Yeah. For those who pay the standard plan with ads and the basic plan, you are not even eligible to purchase the additional add-on to share your password or basically allow access outside of your home network. Wow. Um, however, for those of you who pay for the standard plan without ads which already runs you nearly $16 a month, you have the blessed privilege of being able to pay an additional fee of $7.99 or $8 to add on one additional outside viewer access. Now, 
for the premium plan users that fetches $20 per month, <laughs> you're able to pay that $8 up to twice each month to allow two <laughs> additional outside users on your account, which would essentially cost you $36. So it's absolutely asinine. <laughs> I don't know how else to... <laughs> adding insult to injury like over and over again. Thank you. <laughs> and you know how they say like if you do something over and over, it's it's insanity. It's just like I've said it before. I'll say it again. Does Netflix want customers? <laughs> I don't really think they do. Because I mean, it just like, sounds so – it just sounds like they're – Stupid. They're actually intentionally annoying you. It really I mean, does sound is, like it. it. To take something from sharing is caring to we're going to charge you $8 extra if you share your password. Only if you have the premium or standard. Exactly. I'm like, I can't. We, I I could literally harp on this for 20 minutes, but I won't because I know that's not interesting to listen to. (laughs) It's just, it it gets on my nerves. I just can't help it. So, um, Again, like uh, the fact that if it didn't come with uh, our T-Mobile plan, I would not even have Netflix, even in the least. So, no, yep, totally agree with you there. On a more not so great note, Google has been ordered to pay Sonos thirty-two point five million dollars because of an infringement dispute. What? Back in 2020, Sonos had sued the company, claiming that they had used their own patents and intellectual property, which included, quote, mesh networking, echo cancellation, content notifications, and personalized search. (laughs) Sonos also uses the evidence that back in 2013, Google had partnered with them to utilize Google Play Music, rest in peace, Sonos also claims that you're welcome. Sonos also claims that Google released a cheaper speaker that would connect and sync wirelessly, something of which a multitude of Sonos speakers use. Peter (laughs) Snotenfell, a representative of Google, stated that of the six patents, excuse me, of the six patents Sonos originally asserted, only one was found to be infringed and the rest were dismissed as invalid or not infringed. So we will update you guys on what happens with this case. Obviously, there there's a lot to a lot to go over, uh, talk about here. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I honestly don't have anything except just. <laughs> I guess I'm just flabbergasted by that. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, guess what? Get ready to be more fabricated because back in 2022, this dispute ruled over in Sonus's favor by the ITC. Regulators had discovered that Google had made use of a Sonos-owned tech in its very own Nest speakers, Chromecast devices, and Pixel products. Wow. Because of this, they were forced to comply and make changes to their products accordingly. That's crazy. And you said how much was owed? 30? Well, this is something a little bit different because that was just the ITC, but this is like the actual court case. They've been ordered to pay $32.5 million. And like we've said before for Google, that's quite a bit, but it's not detrimental. It's still, you know, a good chip off of their, you know, finances and such. Yeah. But still like, don't mess with Sonos, man. I guess so. Wow, that is absolutely insane. I, I I really don't even have a legitimate response to that. That's just, I I kind of wish I did, but uh, it's yeah, just, sometimes that's just, you just what get it news is. And you're like, wow, yeah, exactly. You're just it, shocked. It is yeah, what it is. I don't blame you. It's ridiculous. So, I guess something on a happier note that we'll close out the show with for Google is that uh, it, it's something of a surprise that we continue to hear rumors that a Pixel Watch Two could still be coming this year. Uh, many of us weren't sure, mm, and we yeah. still aren't 100% on board with what's coming through the rumor mill. But uh, that said, we do have some leaks that indicate the next-gen Pixel Watch could see a boost in a couple departments, one of which is the performance and efficiency of the watch. According to sources okay. cited over at 9to5Google, we expect that the Snapdragon W5 could find its way to the Watch 2's chassis. Hmm. Um, and much of the excitement is centered around the fact that the old chip in the Watch 1 is a S- Samsung Exynos that's based on a 10 nanometer fabrication. I think I did see that, yeah. Yeah, whereas the W5 chips are based on a 4 nanometer footprint, which in turn increases efficiency and almost always increases performance capabilities. 
Well, that's great to hear. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it is noted that we are unsure as to whether Google will go with the lower W5 or the higher W5+, Plus, which tacks on a coprocessor that, you know, better helps with lighter operations. The main thing to look forward to, if these rumors are true, is that we could see some much-needed improvement in battery life, as that was one of my biggest gripes when I was testing out the uh, the, the Pixel yes. Watch. So yeah, and and this is was uh, Google's theoretical flagship. So I mean, I really feel like they do need to boost it up, and I am hoping that this next generation actually does. You know, fulfill yeah, a lot of what was lacking in the first. Now, the other thing to note is that the watch could bring the Fitbit health sensor, which better helps with skin temperature, other all-day tracking data, as well as the hope for blood oxygen data. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, I don't remember if they actually do have cycle tracking on the original Pixel Watch. Um, I, I don't believe think you probably... they do. I know that the, um, I think... The watches do from Apple. The Apple watches, and I think Samsung does as well. Yes, I believe you're right on that. Yep. And I also think that the oxygen sensors, those are on the Apple Watch and those are also on the Galaxy Watch as well. So the Pixel's kind of, you know, starting to bring in everything that most watches nowadays have, but, you know, they're trying to get as much as they can in. So that's good. Yeah, because I believe what you were kind of focusing on um, with the Series 8 was the fact that with that skin temperature that's a lot of what the data needs for cycle tracking um for women so yes yeah it i is. think that'll yep. i think that they'll also see that come um with the next gen but uh, quite frankly the idea of a second gen watch coming this year as well as these positive rumors um it all seems a little too good to be true however we have heard far more unbelievable rumors in the past uh that have found their way to consumers hands so all in all i'm excited but just with a certain level of realistic reservations. Yeah, you never know what things uh, could be implemented if obviously these are rumors, um, but, you know, there's always hope. And with Pixel, I have no doubt that they'll kind of, you know, come through and release all this stuff. And if not right now with the two, at least with the three, you know, they have some time on their hands, I think. No pun intended. Yeah, and I I just think with the first iteration of that watch, um, they do need to step up their game because... There was just every single publication out there from, you know, YouTubers like Marquez to, you know, mm-hmm. nine to five Google. They just had so many negative comments on the Pixel Watch. Some good things, but definitely a long way to go. And I feel like hopefully this, you know, kind of makes some leaps and bounds with uh, with the next gen Pixel Watch. But um, yeah, totally agree with you right there. Yep. But that will do it for this episode. We certainly appreciate you guys joining us for another week of tech news and rumors. This is JD and Riley signing off. Peace out. Peace out.